SEN Summer Brekkie, Trent Copeland and Jaleesa Apps with you this morning. Good morning if you're listening on SEN 1170 AM here in Sydney as we fill in the chairs for Vossie and Brandy. And for the first hour, we're welcoming those of you listening on SENQ 693 AM in Brisbane. Ben Davis will be along from 6 AM Queensland time, filling in for Patton Heels. And if you're listening across the SEN network, Good morning to you. We've got plenty of sport to discuss this morning, Jaleesa. Upsets, surprises at the Aussie Open. Uh, finally, we got the answer to Davey Warner's baggy green and where it was. Mm. That's an interesting story. Uh, Cameron Green, he spoke for the first time uh, upon his return into the test lineup. And no doubt you were all over that yesterday, Jaleesa. Mm-hmm. On the show today, we're going to have some great guests. SEN tennis expert, as always, Brett Phillips. With the latest from the Oz Open, ESPN's Phil Murphy is going to chat through an NFL wildcard weekend that had it all, and there's still more games to come. Matt Stafford v. Jared Goff yesterday was incredible to watch uh, with the trade scenario and that all unfolding. Uh, And also Dak Prescott and the Cowboys getting thumped at home. Uh, America's team uh, were not in good order yesterday, Jaleesa. I was on my way back from... Canberra. We're also going to have WWE wrestlers joining us in the studio, by the way. Yeah, they're going to body slam you. Did you know that? Mm. Uh, if anyone's ever met me or seen me, uh, <laughs> given we're on radio, yeah, I'm built like a paperclip, so it oh, wouldn't be luck. difficult. Good luck. <laughs> so you're not, you're just going to watch, are you? Uh, yeah, I'm going to ref. Okay. I'm going to, if it gets a bit out of control, I'll be like, yeah, stop. (laughs) (laughs) You You sound motivated for me to get hurt. Uh, LA Knight and Grayson Waller, they will join us in the studio, but uh, we're back together today. Yesterday on location in Canberra. Yeah. It was a grim morning. Uh, (laughs) Oh God, okay. Yeah. It was a grim morning. Um, There was rain around. There was... (laughs) A questionable delay that was oh, going on as delay well. Start, can, yeah, sorry to everyone. That delay started to get a bit outrageous towards the end. PTSD but. from that. Oh. Uh, what did your day entail after that yesterday? And I believe you, you have a story that we didn't get into yesterday, but there's uh, a dentist story my, we need to unpack Yeah, that here. wasn't yesterday though. Okay. Yesterday, yesterday I actually did the cricket yesterday. So I was listening to a bit yeah. of Cam Green, uh, obviously in Adelaide. Wow, did he speak well. Um, gave nothing, which is what they would want, but no, he was really good and, um, you know, just very humble young, young man, isn't he? He is. He really is. And he's, you know, when asked about Steve Smith going to the top of the order, things like that, he's just so respectful, wants to be nice about everything. Yeah. And the most interesting thing he said to come about it was he was preparing as though, um, he was going to open. So he thought he was, he was opening. Yep. Which suggests to me that uh, he probably had been told or at least there'd been this un, sort of unspoken thing that when a spot came up, it was his. Um, but yeah, the, he said he'd been preparing to open and um, how selfless it was of Steve to put himself up there, but he didn't actually know till the Wednesday before. Here's Cameron Green speaking about that exactly. I had no idea until about Wednesday. Um, so yeah, I'm yeah, so excited when I heard the news, but yeah, I thought I was about... 95, 95% chance of opening, so um, that's where my head went for a couple of weeks, and um, yeah, grateful to be, be at four. What I like is I've got a bit of time. Um, I've always felt maybe a touch rushed at six, especially after Hetty. He makes it look a bit too easy at number five, so um, yeah, I've always felt like I've maybe had to push the game along where um, I feel like number four is my natural game where, yeah, I can take my time and get settled in. Yeah, no, I don't feel any pressure. Um, obviously, replacing someone like Steve is pretty tough, um, but yeah, I'm just going to yeah, play my own way, and um, but obviously I'm um, grateful for 
him putting that in his mind and yeah, thinking of me. Yeah, interesting Cameron Green speaking there. And as you said, he's just the most kind-hearted soul, 24-year-old, yeah. about to burst back onto the scene. But there's this such great expectation from everyone else that he's the greatest all-rounder in history. you got to, <laughs> you got to feel for him there. I, I hate hearing when young, you know, it's nice than them being torn down, but I hate when I, when you hear young athletes being built up so much because then they're, mm. we, we do have a problem with like tall poppy syndrome in Australia and everyone starts to get a little bit, you know, ah, is he really that good? And blah, 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 which is a fair question. But you know, when it's sort of a bit bitter, the funny thing yesterday, our, our cameras caught, um, Steve Smith and Usman Khawaja, Steve Smith was sort of like walking away from training with massive golf clubs yep. in his hand. And Usman Khawaja was kitted out in this golf gear. They were sort of like, Usman sort of gave a big wave to the cameras. Steve looked like, oh no, I've been caught, you know, yeah. he's like he's sneaking out of work. <laughs> so obviously very relaxed. Yeah. And they were obviously about to go and play golf together. Yeah. You know, that opener's bond, as they talk about in cricket, so yeah. important. Steve, just for even on that, Steve Smith when I was still playing with him, used to hate golf. And it was on the back of he is just great at everything and oh. golf was just not it. Oh. But he has the bug. Speaking of tall poppies, you know, I, I don't like those people that are good at everything. Yeah. Are you uh, – nah. most athletes are like that. Nah. You, I learned something about you the other day in passing. Okay, uh, this will be good. Yeah, I was – no, I was – deep in a Google search. No, I wasn't. I was, I, I learned something about that. You were hockey. You came yes. here for hockey. Tell yeah. us about it. Well, I before grew we up. Before we get to the rest of the headlines, we'll get, <laughs> but let's hear about Trent. <laughs> so I grew up in Bathurst and when I finished school, when I was 17 years old, I moved to Sydney. Mm. It was to go to uni and at that point play Premier League hockey down here. Yeah. Um, I was playing cricket, but I was a wicket keeper batter in third grade. Mm. You know, I was genuinely nowhere with cricket. Um, so my first move down here was, and it, we talked about this when Simon Orchard came on the show and we were talking about Greyhound racing, but after we finished, Simon Orchard was one of those guys that I used to play against and mm. he was playing for the Kookaburras, uh, along with Brent Livermore, Jamie Dwyer, a lot of the legendary players, and they were running absolute rings around me in Sydney. So you thought I'll go to cricket. Well, thankfully that I gave up wicket keeping. And well, that says to me, you are good at multiple Oh, two, that's two sports. sports. Yeah, that's two more than me. <laughs> uh, but Steve Smith hates, used to hate golf, but he's now got the bug where he's even on optional training days, you know, off playing, playing, golf. playing golf. That would never have happened in the past. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, some of the bigger headlines this morning, oh, we, before I get there, we do have a couple of prizes to give away. We've got a double pass to the Top Fuel Drag Racing Championship at the Sydney Dragway on Friday 26th and Saturday the 27th of January. Get your tickets now. A golf tour towel and a dozen limited edition chrome soft balls from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Uh, the Big Bash mm. last night. Did you watch tennis or Big Bash last night? I'm a bit angry at the household that I'm oh, in wow. at the moment. Oh, wow. Okay. Family dispute. My partner, I don't know what came across him determined, determined, no matter what I did to watch gladiators. Oh, okay. Just reliving his childhood. I think he had a Peter Pan moment and doesn't want to grow up and was like, I need to watch gladiators. I watched it in the nineties. I really want, I was like, what? I was like, demon was playing. we got the big bash. Are you joking me? It was a fight. I could not win, which is rare in my household. <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> 
What was Marnus doing when this was all? Ah, <laughs> uh, Marnus and I were <laughs> filthy. Marnus and I were storming around the kitchen eating. Yeah, if you don't know the story, uh, Jaleesa has a pet. Housemate. Uh, housemate. housemate. Yeah, sorry. I keep calling it a pet. How rude of me. Um, so rude. <laughs> Huntsman in the house named Marnus. Yeah, so the housemate and I were filthy about it. And he said we're watching Gladiators and I had to watch follow on on my phone. Oh, no. You like, don't have a single other device in your house, like a laptop? I could have got into bed, but oh, I can't. I was just, I was on my, I was doing it on my phone. Okay. The big bash last night, the Hobart Hurricanes and the Melbourne Stars playing their last match of the regular season. We knew before last night that neither could make the finals, but the Hurricanes got the job done against the Stars. The Stars won the bat flip and decided to bowl. Hurricanes making 187 runs. Matty Wade was unbelievable. Uh, And then the Stars falling just short in their reply. And we started to see some of the best from Glenn Maxwell and also Marcus Stoinis. But uh, the Hobart Hurricanes, a disappointing season. They finished just outside the top four, what could have been uh, if things had got going. Tim David really disappointing on from the last 18 months, two years mm. of all around the world T20 cricket bursting into the national team. Didn't see the best of him in this tournament. Do you think uh, it's fatigue? Of He's had a pretty big 12 months. Possibly. Yeah. Possibly, but uh, I mean, it's not an excuse this day and age. You Ultimately, if you're picking and choosing and earning millions of dollars roaming around the world playing T20 competitions, I guess you have to be, you're being paid to be at your best. Yeah. So you've got to be judged when you're not. Yeah. Uh, 0457 736 736, the Edgewater Homes text line. Tell us what you think of the Big Bash this year. Has it lived up to expectations? And who do you think uh going to win? I. We were talking a little while ago, Jaleesa, about the final series off air before we came on. So the final series, first place locked in the Brisbane Heat, but they're going to play their first final on the Gold Coast mm-hmm. with Colin Munro not here anymore, their captain. Yeah, that's... A bit of a different scenario there. Ashton Turner and Jai Richardson both out with injury for the remainder of the tournament for the Scorchers. They play the Sixers in a... This is going to be a ripper game tonight. Mm. Sixes v Scorchers, that's second v thir- third, and whoever wins that game finishes in second position mm-hmm. so and get to play in that first final against the Heat. Mm-hmm. And then Adelaide Strikers are locked in the fourth position. My question, I guess, is would you rather actually finish second? The, the Sixes, if they win tonight, for example, they finish second. Mm-hmm. They'll then go and play the Heat at a ground that the Heat have never played at this season either oh, okay, yeah. without their captain. With a slightly different environment, no, no Usman Khawaja, no Manus Labuschagne, and whoever wins that game gets to host the final a week later. Mm. There's a very real possibility on the back of tonight's match that whoever wins hosts the final. Mm. Now, Brisbane fans, those of you listening uh, at the moment, it won't be thrilled with that, I guess, prognosis. But it's one of the nuances of the fact that there's test matches going on at the Gabba. Um, and at the Adelaide Oval right now, so that the best grounds potentially aren't available. Um, interested to hear what you think. I Do you think the Sixers can win tonight, firstly, in Perth against that team over there that just are so hard to beat in front of 40,000 fans? Uh, just because of their how they're a little bit depleted, uh, the Scorchers, and yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do. Interesting. Well, Maybe got- that's my Sydney bias, though. It could be. Maybe that's where I'm going as well. Uh, we better move on then. Uh, what about the Davy Warner 
baggy green story. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it feels like forever ago and we've had a wedding and a chopper and some big bash games in between, but yeah. the truth about Davy Warner's missing baggy greens has finally been revealed and they were, they weren't stolen as had originally been reported. No. Uh, Dan Bredig of the Sydney Morning Herald said that Warner's backpack had been placed in different, in a different cricket bag and used to transport smaller items of equipment for players and staff rather than the three other bags that he'd identified as most likely to contain that most backpack. Most likely. Most likely. The old boy look, uh, of which I have done plenty in my time. Uh, adding to the confusion was that his backpack was in another part of the room at the team hotel compared with his other bags, and it was placed with its David Warner label tucked underneath. Okay. Unpack this for me. Well, Qantas... <laughs> Would be rather displeased. Uh, they, <laughs> they were copying it at the time a little bit from everyone being like, where is it? Uh, it turns out it was just misplaced. It's a little embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah. Not yeah. ideal. I mean, and when this stuff comes out, it was unnamed sources within the Australian team environment. That uh, didn't we kind this. of assume this though when it turned up yes. and there was no like, we kind of assumed it had been <laughs> like, misplaced. like. It, yeah. There was no like, well, it had been found or someone had been charged with stealing it or, you know, anything like that. It was just like, he's got it, move on. <laughs> there was also Prime Minister time, air time. You know, this was a national story. We've got to get that baggy green back. Pakistan. Yeah, as it turns out, it was there the whole time. Well, it was Pakistan who said, let's get a national, like, yeah. you know, investigation onto it. Oh, seriously. Ah, oh, it turns out it was just in his bag. He just had a bit of a yeah, rough look. <laughs> As you do. Uh, we have plenty of stories to get through this morning. We'll touch on the Aussie Open after the break. Uh, just recapping the NFL results. The Dallas Cowboys yesterday, another embarrassing loss in the playoffs. 48-32 loss to the Green Bay Packers in their wildcard clash. The Cowboys were... Favourites going into the game, playing against a rookie quarterback in Jordan Love. And that's, yeah, a, a disappointing loss. One that will no doubt lead to soul-searching. And when you are the Dallas Cowboys, Mike McCarthy, the coach, and Dak Prescott are going to come under fire. And then in the other match yesterday, the Detroit Lions, their first playoff win in what feels like forever, Jared Goff, gets it done over Matt Stafford. These two, Jaleesa, I don't know how much you watch the NFL, but they were traded for each other. Matt Stafford was booed coming into the stadium. He's a a fan favourite for so many years, I think 12 years at the helm for the Detroit Lions. Why was he booed if it's not his choice to be traded, surely? That is correct. It was a contentious moment. But a great game of football yesterday, 24-23. The Detroit Lions progress in that one. The rescheduled game between the Bills and the Steelers, that kicks off at 8.30 this morning. They have cleared the snow. I've seen the stadium that game is going to go ahead, and then we'll have the Eagles and Bucks after that. Plenty more sport coming up. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's Lawyers. SEN Summer Brekkie is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. It's story time. <laughs> story time with Jaleesa. We talked a little bit about the dentist. Let's park that for okay. the moment. All right. Uh, you mentioned God, that goodness. you missed... Dimonor and the tennis last night. You missed the Filthy. big bash. Uh, Gladiators took precedent yeah. on your TV. Talk me through that. What was your strategy to get the, the sports on, firstly? Uh, and then just how does that happen? 
Exactly. How does that happen? Well, I walked in and Nick was already home and I was, oh, what are you home for? He said, I've got to watch Gladiators. <laughs> got to watch Gladiators. Are you joking? And he said, oh, he's like, I'm dead serious. It's back from the, from the 90s. I used to love watching this show and I've been waiting. I wanted to watch it. And I'm like, Demon Ore is on tonight. There is Big Bash on tonight. There is a plethora of sport yep. we can enjoy together. No, 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 no. He wanted to watch Gladiators right or wrong. Now, I sort of remember Gladiators, but not really. Yeah. I found it a bit of an ick. I was like, oh, God. Okay, anyway, we watched Gladiators. Shandor Earl, uh, ex-NRL Canberra Raiders player, very prominent on Gladiators. He's yep. as Phoenix. It wasn't as bad as I thought. Okay. But was there a discussion? Was there something that needed to be, like a myth that needed to be busted about another version of this? Yeah. So um, I said, you know, they've done this before. He said, no. No, nah, they, they haven't rebooted this before. I would have watched it. Okay. Well, it failed miserably because, you know, he didn't watch it. <laughs> so apparently they did a reboot, I think, in 2008, 2009. I did Google it. We Googled it in the ad break and I was right. So you can click Nick. that, take it home. Yeah. Nick, unfortunately, you've been proven wrong. Yeah. Now you don't get to choose what's on the TV. I love, home. I'm interested when the numbers <laughs> come out at 9am, the ratings. I, I'm very interested to see if it was a success. Because it wasn't our household. Could be the end. <laughs> well done. Uh, there's a few texts coming in this morning on 0457 736 736, the Edgewater Homes text line. Morning, guys. On the BBL final a few years ago, we went to neutral ground in Canberra for the final. Why did we stop that? That's from the Westy Eel. Um, I don't love the neutral ground. We saw that happen in the A-League. That went well. Yeah. Whoa. Me too. I think home ground, home fans is the vibe in Australian sport. It should sport. be rewarded. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, the Australian Open, uh, an update thanks to Wilson. Experience the update, ultimate summer of tennis with Wilson. Uh, yesterday, what stood out to you? Let's talk about Dimonor first uh, and Milos Raonic, who put him to the test in the first set in particular and then had to retire with injury. Uh, what did you make of that contest, albeit that you've watched uh, Gladiator amongst that? Dimonor? Yeah. Uh, just, well... I mean, I was following a bit on my phone, um, the tennis, yep. uh, didn't have my multiple screens coming. So, so I sort of picked more the tennis last night because I was a bit concerned about that match. I thought it was a bit of a danger match. Just really sad for Milos, uh, Rainich that, yeah. um, it, he was playing really well and I was listening to the SEN commentary. Yeah. It seemed like, like he was rallying quite well, it, it seemed, and just his body let yeah. him down. Um, so obviously pushed Demonor in the, the first set uh, and then it all started to go pear-shaped for him, um, which I, I was just disappointing, wasn't it? For anyone. I mean, we'd love to see an Australian get through, but you never want to see anyone get through like that. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it was 7-6 to Raonic the first set, 6-2 and 2-love when Raonic mm. had to finish up. Uh, Demonor now faces Matteo Arnaldi in the next round. Well, look, um, first of all, I hope uh, Milos' speedy recovery is not, not great to see him like this. And um, he, he deserves to be healthy and playing uh, the incredible tennis that he's done for so many years. So hopefully he's back in no time. Um, now, f as you saw, I was just chasing his serve for the better part of that match. Uh, Look, it's, uh, it's no secret. Uh, I've started the year pretty well. Um, now it's all about keeping my head down and trying to keep doing the same thing. I mean, for me, nothing changes. Uh, 
I do my best to let the tennis do the talking and uh, keep working hard. So, you know, that's one down. Now on to the next. So that's Alex Dimonor who progresses through. He now faces Matteo Arnaldi. There are 11 Aussies on court yesterday with four going through. The other Aussies to join Dimonor in the second round, Storm Hunter, Alexi Popperin and Jordan Thompson. So we'll do a full recap of and look forward with uh, Brett Phillips a little later. That update, thanks to Wilson. Get your game on and join us in celebrating the Wilson Summer of Tennis. Yes, thanks, Vanessa. Welcome back to Summer Brekkie here on SEN. Trent Copeland and Jaleesa Apps with you this morning, powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. If you're only just waking up, here are the headlines that we've been discussing. It's been revealed in the Sydney Morning Herald that Davey Warner's backy greens weren't stolen. Uh, In fact, they were at the team hotel all along. Uh, We're not shocked, but it still is... That's a little surprise. So surprised. Yeah, mixed results at the Oz Open yesterday. Alex Dimonor was among four Aussies to make it through to the second round. Naomi Osaka's highly anticipated return ended with a first round defeat, and we might have seen the last of Andy Murray after he lost his round one match. There's some great audio, which we'll get to in a little while. The Hobart Hurricanes beat the Melbourne Stars. Uh, their seasons have both come to a close at the MCG last night uh, with Glenn Maxwell, Marcus Stoinis playing okay, but Matthew Wade and Nathan Ellis were outstanding for the Hobart Hurricanes in that win. Uh, we heard from Cameron Green at the start of the show ahead of his return to the Aussie team tomorrow in the test match against, against the West Indies, batting at four uh, and talking about Steve Smith at the top of the order. And the rescheduled game between the Bills and the Steelers gets underway later this morning in the NFL. We'd love to hear from you. Pick up the phone and give us a call on 1300 01 1170 or on the text line 0457 736 736. We've had a text come in from Martin. A couple of texts. Jaleesa. Mm. Good morning, team. You could always get Mike Whitney on. He could discuss the upcoming Adelaide Test and Gladiators from the mid-90s. He's always up for a chat. That's fair. Do you, do you remember Whit? Oh, just who dares wins. I loved that yes. show. I didn't know he was on Gladiators. I said, I said to you guys, I was like, was he? He was Gladiators, was he? And you all like looked at me like, yes. <laughs> so okay, I think we've got a few secret Gladiators fans in here. But Mike Whitney, who dares wins, was mint show, and he is such a nice man. Genuinely, one of the oh. nicest. So he was inducted into the New South Wales Cricket Hall of Fame. During the SCG test match, he and John Dyson yeah. was walking across. I was about to do a cross down on the ground and they both walked across in their blazers from the ceremony. They were about to get interviewed on the big screen and Wit ran out of his way amongst the Hall of Fame stuff going on, ran out of his way to come and give me a hug. Just the blue baggers, you know, oh, I just love so you blokes. Lovely. And, you know, that is you know, Mike Whitney that you saw on Who Dares Wins that you saw on Gladiators and on Sydney Weekender, all of that sort of stuff. He is just the most pure human being. They used to give it his all on the cricket field, but a beautiful man. He's president um, down there at Coogee uh, now, and he is very passionate about that. I was down there for a media op, I think uh, it was with Toyota, maybe like two months ago, and there was like uh, the ambassadors down there. There was like uh, Brett Lee um, was down there, and he's he sort of turned to us media, and he goes, 
isn't it great to have these such prolific cricketers just come down here to Coogee? And I was thinking, you're Mike Whitney. Yeah, <laughs> like, you are Mike Whitney. You are Mike Whitney, but just, just a lovely man. Yes. Uh, moving on to some other sporting news in football. Very sad news yesterday with confirmation that former Socceroo Stephen Labutt uh, has passed away at the age of 46. He was found on the New South Wales North Coast after being reported missing on Saturday. He played 15 matches for the Socceroos between 2000 and 2004 and represented the Oliroos at the Sydney 2000 Olympics. Police believe there are no suspicious circumstances surrounding his passing. Remember, help is available, and if you're struggling, call Lifeline on one three double one one four. Disappointing news there, and uh, really sad for the family. We hope everyone is okay. Uh, in other news in football, the Premier League has charged Everton and Nottingham Forest with breaking its financial rules and referred the clubs to an independent commission. Under EPL regulations, clubs can lose a maximum of £105 million, just let that sink in for a while, uh, £105 million over a three-year season uh, or time period or £35 million per campaign before facing sanctions. Clubs that breach those rules are at risk of a fine or a points deduction. Can you fathom losing £105 million and then get a sanction? So not you only say are that you like already I'm starting with 105 million pounds. <laughs> wow, yeah, you know, at home watching Gladiators. Oh uh, uh, yeah, really. That's where it all starts. <laughs> 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 but seriously, uh, you know, Premier League clubs like Everton and Nottingham Forest, when you're in this scenario and you're losing that amount of money, how do you, how can you possibly get out of that? Uh, I don't know because I can't fathom that amount of money to begin with. And you, you're in a situation then where the, the sanctions come, your inevitability of, you know, dropping out of the Premier League comes and then it's, yeah, it's financial it's disarray. Yeah, it's snowball, yeah. Yeah, it's very, oh, I mean, it's professional sport and the owners and, uh, you know, the CEOs and the boards are in charge of making things flourish. But it's a, a tough school, uh, but that's your football news for the morning. Uh, West Indies fast bowler, we're about to hit this test match and I'm I'm really excited for... Some of the changes to just watch how it all happens. So Cameron Green coming back in for Australia. Uh, Steve Smith at the top of the order. Will that be a success? Um, but one of the guys that I'm really excited about on the opposition is Alzari Joseph. Mm -hmm. He was out here as a young guy last year, mm -hmm. but he can bowl genuinely fast. Mm -hmm. He's now vice captain despite being very young. Uh, but he was talking yesterday uh, during a press conference. This is West Indies fast bowler Alzari Joseph speaking ahead of the first test in Adelaide. Well, we expect to come in and give them a challenge. Um, we're here to win two test matches. We're not just here to play, so um, we're going to come out here and give it our best. Everyone's here wanting to, you know, play for the West Indies. Um, it's an opportunity for everyone, you know, to represent their country. So I don't think there's any nervousness in the camp. I think it's more of um, excitement. They're all different players, so they all bring something new to the table. They all bring a different style of play to the table, so um, it, it's all good for us. Last time our lengths were a bit short, so like I said earlier, we just need to be a bit fuller and stay patient on the good areas. Well, for us, it's about being brave, being positive. So, um, but everyone has their different ways of going about it. So it's about you know bringing those ways together as as one brand of cricket. So that's young man Alzari Joseph, big fast bowler. He can he can reach the heights of 145 k's an hour, 150 at his best. But always interesting hearing opposition players coming out here, knowing that they're up against it 
against yeah. a team like Australia and how they're going to approach it. But the other thing is I love that West Indian accent. How good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Amazing. <laughs> I, I am interested, Trent, because we've obviously seen a few of West Indies players, uh, I think Kame is a few yep. people have decided to take up T20 franchise contracts instead of play yeah. um, the test. Very disappointing. Yeah. As a teammate, like, would you be, would you welcome them back? Like, you know, it, players of that kind of caliber, you'd obviously want them in your side. Yeah. But you have to be left with a bit of bitter taste in your mouth, wouldn't you, that they've gone and chosen to do that? Yeah. Jason Holder, the Jason other one Holder, who's incredibly yeah, significant yeah. to anything that the West Indies do. It's, it's a really tough one when you're thinking if it was in Australia, it would be very difficult. But in the West Indies where payments are just yeah. nowhere near, you know, we're seeing Dean Elgar retire from Test Match Cricket to sign a three-year Essex County mm. contract yeah. because just quite simply, international players for the West Indies, even New Zealand, South Africa, uh, aren't earning anywhere near what our domestic players are earning yeah. in Australia. So we're very fortunate. Australia, England and India uh, and it's one of those problems in world cricket that needs to be solved. And it's going to have to be a haircut on some payments for some of the bigger countries to include everyone and make sure that there's longevity, particularly for test cricket, because it is disappointing and we don't want to see too much of it. Uh, we're here for Brighton's lawyers, unable to work due to injury or illness. Contact Brighton's lawyers and well done. Well done to Brighton's commercial law team who recently secured a payment of more than $60,000 for a client whose insurance claim for a stolen boat was wrongfully denied by a major insurer. Brydens recognised the unjust treatment and took swift action, providing a 27-page legal argument supported by over 400 pages of compelling evidence. You often hear about insurers resisting payouts and Brydens fought and won. That's why they are the best in the business. You can call Brydens on one 800 848 Eight four eight. SEN summer brekkie, uh, Jaleesa. It's mm. been an interesting morning. Story time with Jaleesa. Mm. Uh, there's been lots going on in the sporting world. Jaleesa Apps and Trent Copeland with you this morning in the chairs for Vossi and Brandy here. Uh, we've been talking about gladiators. Mm, yeah, I know. <laughs> no, for no other reason than yeah. uh, I got forced to watch it in my household last night. Yes, uh, and then we were reflecting on a recent inductee to the Hall of Fame for New South Wales cricket, Mike Whitney. Yeah, just and what a legend bloke he was. <laughs> seriously, what a legend. He's and we. So Dug up the audio from Channel 7 back in the day. Listen to this. It's Nikki. And she's up against the Queen of the Rings, Blade. And to start and hang tough, here's Mike Whitney. Challenger, are you ready? Radiator, are you ready? Three, two, one. So we've got... I was unaware, I think it was just slightly before my time that Mike Whitney was on it. So when you said Mike Whitney, I thought, uh, who dares wins? Another legendary Mike Whitney show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I so I was watching Gladiators last night and featuring prominently was Shandor Earl, ex-Canberra Raider. Yes. Um, Shandor Earl as Phoenix. So yeah, I got into it. Actually, Mark's text in. He said a couple of texts, actually. I didn't watch Gladiators, but that only went from 7.30 to about 8.50. Big Bash went to 11 p.m. Mark, my alarm goes off at 3.50. When am I sleeping? Yeah. Yeah, so I lo anyway, I lost the battle in the household to watch some sport. I guess I did watch sport. Can we call it sport? 
You could call it sport, I guess. Uh, you had Liz Ellis on there oh, as well. Yeah, Liz Ellis. Yeah, Ryan. She's, she, I mean, the hosts were great. I, maybe I like it. <laughs> <laughs> One of those shows where you're like, oh, come on. Yeah. I want to watch the sport. Yeah, but, you uh, stomp around okay. your house. Okay. Manus and I were filthy. <laughs> Manus is my housemate, huntsman. Yeah. Housemate, huntsman, yeah. Uh, in in. The one of the things that I didn't remember though, I was thinking that Wit was the host, but he was actually the referee. Oh, oh, so he's referee. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he was like, "Challengers, are you ready?" Oh, right. So that's not hosting; that's refereeing. Yeah. Ooh. He was like God, right in man the, of many talents. Right in the thick of the action. Uh, we've been talking about cricket this morning with the Test match between Australia and the West Indies kicking off tomorrow, and Chris is on the line from Rose Bay. Good morning, Chris. Good morning, guys. I like your expression this morning, Coach, when you ask, you listen, you listen to unpackage the Dave Warner <laughs> incident with the baggie. <laughs> Not by accident. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so by design. Look, I wanted to talk about the, the, the I guess, the future of Test cricket, and you were mentioning the, some of the South African players. And I'm thinking back to Kyle Abbott, who came out here in, what, 2016 and yep. destroyed us in Australia. And he only played about 10 test matches, averaged 22 with the ball, and he signed a contract with Hampshire. So we never saw him again in test cricket after that. And I remember at the time, Duplessis said, we've surely got to look into this, you know, because we just start wasting our good players. And, you know, you think back to a guy like Kyle Abbott, 10 test matches, and you think about what he did here, especially what I found in Hobart. I mean, that was ridiculous, but... um. Yep. Um, for him not to have played more than 10 test matches, surely they've got to look into this. Like I know that's South Africa, but all the countries mm. have to do whatever they can to keep their best players playing test cricket, haven't they? Yeah, it's a great point you make, Chris. Kyle Abbott is actually the, the most forthright example I use when talking about this because he had to wait for so long on the back of Dale Stain, Vernon Philander, Mornay Morkel at the level, and even you know Sean Pollock and numerous others before that. It was so hard to get into that South African lineup. Then he finally gets a chance and absolutely kills it. But because there's just zero money on on the table, he then goes and plays county cricket for Hampshire, as you say. So I'm with you. It needs to be a significant movement in cricket for this to be sustainable. And I, I think my sentiment is, and you know, the lay of the land right now is that everyone wants it to happen. Mm but it's going to take some necks to be on the line for it to happen. I don't think T20 franchising cricket has the longevity. Like, I think we spoke about this last week. I only care about the Big Bash and the IPL. I don't know how many people outside of Australia care about the Big Bash, but I just don't, I I couldn't care less what's, and and yeah, they might have big backing at the moment financially, but eventually you have to have people watching it. Yeah. Well, I think there are pretty good numbers that do watch it, but um, even in those ones that have popped up, like South Africa, yeah, domestically, and and there's been a real resurgence of the BBL, which globally has traction as well. But the it, BBL, yeah, uh, of course, but that was one of the first ones. But I'm th- yeah. talking about all these subsequent ones that are pick- that are popping up now. Yeah. I don't think they will have the longevity. Yeah, fair point. Chris, thanks for your call this morning on the open line, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Have your say on all the big topics we've been discussing this morning. Uh, just after the break, we'll be looking back at a On This Day in History. It's Jaleesa's favourite segment. SEN Summer Breakfast, Jaleesa Apps and Trent Copeland with you this morning, a little before 7am in Sydney 
just before 6am in Brisbane. It's the 16th of January, 2024. Jaleesa, your favourite segment. You, you're just such a hard worker with your research. Oh, yeah. Uh, on this day, what have you got for us today? Okay, there's a couple of birthdays. So I'll start with those. John Hopewati is 50 today, born in 1974. Cameron Murray's 26. That shocked me. I thought he was a little bit older. Born in 1998. Former Yellow Wiggle Greg Page is 52, born on this day in 1972. Have you seen the Wiggles documentary? No, I haven't. Uh, no. I watch any documentary, but that is good. Really? There's a lot that went down. What, as in... When they were expanding or? Uh, when it all sort of changed, there was like new wiggles come in yep. and there was a lot happening behind the scenes. But even just their, like their history of, they were, they were a different band and then they went into kids music. Anyway, very interesting documentary in, if you're into it. Uh, in 1931, Don Bradman scored 223 via the West Indies in the third test in Brisbane. The most runs scored by a player in a test match in Australia in one day. And in 2022 which is very recent, but you might have forgotten about it. Novak Djokovic was deported by the Australian government on health and good order grounds over his vaccination status. Remember that? The only reason oh, I do remember such it. Such a big story. Yeah, is because he was talking about it with uh, Nick Kyrgios mm. in the lead, you know, when he was doing all these things on the uh, Britney mic with yeah, Steve Smith. Yeah, the Britney mic. <laughs> Yeah, he was doing that an interview with Nick Kyrgios, saying that he was one. Of, the mateship is there and will be forever because Nick was one of the only people that stood up for him in that moment. Yeah, because they sort of were a little bit had a bit of beef. Uh, if you're listening through SENQ six ninety three AM in Brizzy, we now say goodbye. Ben Davis is coming up next, filling in for Pat and Heels. And if you're listening on. SCN 11.70 AM. There's plenty more to come. We'll chat through all the Oz Open stuff with Brett Phillips, and we're going to have two WWE wrestlers in the studio. I am in bits. (laughs) (laughs) This will be fun. SEN Summer Breakfast here. Trent Copeland and Jaleesa Apps with you this morning, Tuesday the 16th of January. Good morning to everyone listening on SEN 11.70 AM here in Sydney as we fill in the chairs for Vossie and Brandy and everyone else Those of you listening across the SEN network, good morning to you. The big stories in the world of sport, we've been talking Australian Open. We won't go into that right now because we're going to have Brett Phillips, SEN tennis expert Brett Phillips with us in around five minutes' time. So we'll get into all the biggest tennis stories there. We'll have ESPN's Phil Murphy chatting NFL wildcard round with us as well. Uh, Some amazing games, some big upsets, and plenty more to come today as well. WWE wrestlers joining us live in the studio, LA Knight and Grayson Waller. I'm going to get snapped in half when that happens. Super Uh, excited for that. (laughs) You're going to play Mike Whitney. You're going to play the ref. Uh, Yeah, Hopefully look after me. Uh, We've got a couple of prizes to give away. Double pass to Top Fuel Drag Racing Championships at Sydney Dragway on Friday the 26th and Saturday the 27th of January. And a golf tour towel and dozen uh, chrome soft balls from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Uh, In the Big Bash last night, the Hobart Hurricanes defeated the Melbourne Stars. Uh, The Hurricanes making 187 runs from there, 20 overs, and the Stars falling just short in their reply. Matthew Wade for the Hurricanes. He was the star, 63 from 41 balls. Maxwell to Wade again and punished out. Pass point. It's raced away to the boundary. Sort of gave himself some room, cut away all the field up on the offside for Matty Wade and 
protection only on the leg side. He said, I'll have a bit of that. And he gets <laughs> to 50 in fine fashion. 50 off 34 balls. Bowling. The last of his over. Wade. Oh. Hit him over. Cover. One, two, three rows back. He cleared the front leg. He sort of advanced in on Scott Bowling. An expensive over. So the Hobart Hurricanes get the job done against the Melbourne Stars, but the top four is locked in for the Big Bash finals. It is the Brisbane Heat in first, locked in. Adelaide Strikers locked in in fourth place. But tonight's game over in Perth, the Scorchers and the Sixers, whoever wins that game will finish in second place and take on the Heat. And whoever wins that one, the first game of the finals, progresses straight through and hosts the final. So big game tonight in the Big Bash. In the NFL, Jaleesa, just recapping a few of the scores from yesterday, uh, the Detroit Lions, 24, beat the LA Rams, 23, and the Dallas Cowboys, huge upset. They got absolutely smacked. The score at the end, 48-32, does not tell the story against the Packers. Uh, rookie Jordan Love, the quarterback there, at one point it was 27-0, to nil, and America's team, as they call it, the Dallas Cowboys, America was losing their mind yesterday when they were getting thumped. Uh, Stephen A. Smith and, and Skip Bayless, quite prominent pundits on sport over there, were, were losing their marbles. There's some quite funny viral videos going out yesterday. Um, Delisa, we, at the top of the show, we were talking about a trip to the dentist. Now, we didn't, mm-hmm. we didn't get right into this. Just before we go to BP and talk Oz Open, uh, can you just unpack the dentist story for us? Oh, God. This show has just become an unloading of my embarrassing moments, which means we always have a lot of content. Um, <laughs> Friday, I went to the dentist. I've been going back to the dentist in Young, uh, near Borua, where I'm from, and I just thought I can't keep going back five hours to visit the dentist every time I just want to clean. So I found a dentist <laughs> in Sydney, went for the first time. I won't name them, but they were very good. I bit the dentist. <laughs> <laughs> and you wonder why we talk about I it. I bit the dentist. And I, honestly, it is actually keeping me awake at night. Last night I was drifting off to sleep. You know, when you get those flashback moments of everything bad that's ever happened to you, no, just me, okay? Um, <laughs> I, I was laying in bed and I just was cringing at the thought of, I bit her and then I don't know why. She had her finger in my mouth and I just bit. <laughs> and then she said to me, Oh, and she was trying to be quite polite about it. She's like, oh, I've never had an adult do that before. <laughs> yep, just kids. And now I just want to die because they're really good dentists and I just don't, I want to go back, but I can't. You walk in and you know that everyone in that office is looking at, oh, that's the oh, lady that's that bit her. The, that's the girl that bit the dentist. <laughs> Please tell me if you've ever bit the dentist. Yeah, tell us. Uh, give us a call, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. 1170 I wonder... I wonder if Brett Phillips has ever bitten a dentist, BP, uh, SEN tennis expert. We will talk Oz Open, but let's start with that. Any dentist Help me out, BP. episodes? Well, <laughs> you know, every time I'm on hold, I always think about a million things. You know, you're trying to weave your way into the conversation. I go to my dentist every six months, but uh, normally I just try and... Uh, I try and go to a, a coma, really, just to not think what is actually happening as these people are staring at me. And you know the best part of our dentists, the ones put the TV on the roof. Oh yeah, yes. have all She's dentists got that? that? Yeah. yeah, that's a great, great distraction. I'm going to say. Well, it didn't help me. <laughs> no, you, they turn the TV off for Julie, so it, she's not allowed nice things in there. No, no, I'm in, I'm in the corner now. I'm punished. Uh, BP, let's talk Oz Open. Yesterday, eleven Aussies on court. The most famous. 
last name of those, Alex Dimonor. Not the way he will have wanted to progress, but happy nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it was interesting to sit on RLA last night and watch, uh, you know, a big roundage for the first time in a little while and just to see how, you know, he was going to move and compete. And, you know, probably no surprise, early doors, uh, that it was, you know, tough to break the roundage seal. We go to a, you know, a tiebreaker and, and he was... He was okay. Um, apart from uh, the one moment where he left the court uh, for a, you know, they can go off court basically to have some treatment. And there was, he, he just sent a fraction proppy, but there was no signs at that stage he was going to retire. And then, yeah, the second set, you know, and you felt like there was going to be some twists and turns as Demon or you know, really worked into the match and had the crowd in his pocket. Uh, but, you know, Roundage was starting to find his range as well and play the sort of, uh, tennis that we were accustomed to many years ago with uh, Big Milosh, but yeah, I think you know the wear and tear of um, you know, going head to head with Demonor, who just makes you play a lot, and he's stretching into the corners, and he, you know he's putting a bit of a bit of pressure on the limbs, which um, you know haven't uh, played a lot of hard nosed competitive tennis in the last few years, just got the better of him, and I suppose everyone knows their body, uh, um, you know, no one knows their body better than themselves. So yeah, I mean Alex would like to play a full match ideally, but you take it, you move on. It's tennis, and next uh, box to tick is the Italian uh, Matteo Almaldi, who's a really, really good competitor. I mean, it should be a really good match. He's a confident young Italian who's risen, um, been inspired by Yannick Sinner, and he's hungry. He, uh, he's got a lot of demon or sort of traits, so... Yeah, I'm looking forward to that matchup, actually. Yeah, he probably flew, has flown under the radar a little bit, but uh, he won, I think, his first round match in um, straight sets. BP, tell us about um, the other Australians that are, with ones that got through, ones that didn't. Who should we look out for? Well, yeah, I mean, we had a, a couple of epics uh, well, late last night. I mean, Jordan Thompson and Alexander Vukic, the, the, the good thing we knew there was going to be an Aussie winner. Uh, but the match, yeah, went, uh, went to, it was a tedious sort of match. It was going in slow motion. And, yeah, eventually Tomo found a way to win, which continues his great start to the year. Um, and, you know, he came in with, uh, you know, just a little issue with his quad. Uh, but he is, he is so super fit, Tomo, that, you know, if someone's, if someone's going to push through the pain barrier, it's him. He's just made of the right stuff. And, you know, today he sits at a career high 42 in the ranking. So this is the value of a good start to the summer. And, yeah, you, you felt for Vukic. What was interesting, and one thing I've noticed, and uh, Thompson made mention of it um, in the press, because he questioned the chair umpire, is that, and this was un, uh, unbeknown to me, but I've always had an issue with the, uh, you know, the, these people who call themselves ushers, who just sort of let people into the venue, particularly the, you know, the big stadiums at inappropriate times. Normally it's supposed to be at the... Uh, you know, the sit-downs, which is at the um, yeah. uneven amount of games where you get 90 seconds, like, okay, get get as many patrons in. But now they're letting patrons in, you know, if it's too all. And Thompson sort of noticed this. So he's got a lot of attention to detail, Tomo. He's a very smart man. He said, well, what's all this movement, right? And apparently the Australian Open's brought in this rule where, yeah, people can come in um, so they don't have to sit out and you know, maybe wait <laughs> 10 minutes because games are going for a while. I mean, some people think the tennis players are a little precious with the whole movement thing. Some are in the zone and don't even notice. Others will notice a little ruffle of the hair of a man sitting in their, their you know, line of sight. Um, so everyone's different in that case. But it is part of tennis trying to get a bit, you know, out of just the normal traditions. Like the next-gen finals in Milan the last five years, I have trialled that rule where fans can just move about the stadium. As 
that next generation not used to just having to sit there or you know, be so regimented. So it'll be mm. interesting to see where tennis goes with that. But it caught Tomo off guard, but he was good enough to win. Uh, Rinky Hijikata lost a yeah, heartbreaker last night. Well, I think it finished about midnight. Uh, lost track of time. Poor Rinky, yeah. He, he, he battled uh, really well. Uh, great win for Storm Hunter. Rap for Storm. I mean, there's not one person in tennis that does not like Storm Hunter. And, you know, her fifth attempt to win a Grand Slam match at the Australian Open went her way. So that was... A great start to the day. Yeah, Darius Savile, I mean, actually playing three three hour matches. It's got to it's got to wear you down. Unfortunately, she was on the um, losing end. Omar Jaseka on his debut, you know, really pushed uh, the ninth seed. Herbert Hercat should be proud of that. Uh, Omar. So yeah, it was uh, a mixed day as we normally get with the Australians, but yeah, at least we've got you know, Alex Dumanor as our main hope intact. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you mentioned delays and. Uh people moving behind the ball. I can just think back to the Sydney test when Steve Smith it was saw a bit of duct tape on the sight screen uh, 200 metres yeah. away and that delayed the game. So it's not just tennis that has that issue, mate. Uh, let's listen yeah. to yeah. Naomi Osaka. She was making her return to the Oz Open after a year out, uh, but the new mum uh, was eliminated by an inform Caroline Garcia. This is what she had to say after the match. For me, I felt like I did the best that I could possibly do and it was just really nice to be on Rod Laver again and hear the audience and how much they interacted with the match. That was fun. Of course, I have to tell myself, like, hey, like six months ago you were pregnant and stuff like that. And of course, like, there's a voice in my head. So, like, that's like, who are you to, like, think that you can come back and immediately start winning matches? But I kind of always expect myself to stand a chance anyways. So I guess just being nicer to myself is a, like a key thing that I I learned in my time away. But it is it is really tough to I guess play a good server and not not make too many returns. BP, I'll, I'll get your opinions on the game itself, but I, I'm also very interested in your opinion on Naomi Osaka, the person, because I could not be more impressed. So different to how she's handled the media yeah. before too. Yeah, absolutely, guys. Um, I suppose, you know, she's a little older now and, you know, that sense of perspective, becoming a, a young mum, um, time away, you know, she's just evolved, no doubt, as a person. You know, I interviewed uh, Ben Rothenberg a few days ago. We haven't had a chance to play it on SCN just yet, who's the author of uh, Naomi's autobiography, which is out now, which details a fascinating life. Uh, she's packed a lot into 26 years on the planet and... You know, her legacy might be well after tennis. A bit like Ash Barty in the sense, I mean, I think you know, tennis won't define Osaka. I think it's her, her um, worldly view on, on different causes, racial justice, whatever it is, uh, that she's going to be a big voice on in the future. So, look, we're getting, we're getting Naomi uh, fresh in her comeback. You know, it's going to take her a few months to work into the season. Um, I mean, she's won two US Open. So maybe by August, September, we might be seeing the best of Naomi. But... Yeah, I mean, she's striking the ball uh, pretty well. I think physically she looks in good nick. She's done a lot of work, you know, post-pregnancy um, you know, to get into physical shape to play. But, you know, she just needs to play more matches uh, to get back into that real match conditioning and just, you know, find her range. I mean, she's lost none of her power. Uh, and she was right in that match. Um, could have taken the second set, extended it to three. Uh, but, you know, Garcia played a better tie break. But, yeah, I think, um, yeah, Naomi is a bit more... Comfortable, serene. She's just evolved as a person and will handle things second time around 
a lot more comfortably. We had a couple of big uh, men's players eliminate. Stan Marinka um, in five sets. Andy Murray was straight sets, which was disappointing. A bit strange. A few years ago at the Australian Open, they farewelled Andy Murray. And I don't know if he'd said that he was leaving, but they did about a big farewell. Now he actually said this could possibly his be his last appearance. Let's just listen to the audio from that. There's definite possibility that would be the last time I play here. Um, and, yeah, I think... Yeah, just probably because of yeah how, how the match went and everything. Like I don't know, like whilst you're whilst you're playing the match, you, you know you're obviously trying to you know control like your emotions, focus on the points and everything. And then when you're like one point away from the end, it's like I can't believe this is over like so quickly um, and like this. So yeah, like in comparison to the matches that I played here last year, it's like the complete opposite feeling walking off the court like yeah wish I yeah involved the crowd more or like yeah just disappointed with yeah the way that I played and all of that all of that stuff so yeah tough. He's 36 years old but that didn't seem to me like he felt satisfied walking away. No well I mean Andy's um he wants to go out on his terms which as a tennis player, you can, right? I mean, mm. you know, you're not being delisted by a team. You're yeah. you're the CEO, you're the boss, you, you call the shots. Um, I think, though, reality is starting to set in that mm. he he's re- he can't go with these younger guys. Uh, he, he's he's still a good player, but clearly not the player he was. And, um, you know, he's up against you know, really good athletes who strike the ball particularly well and they're putting a lot of pressure on him, and they know that well. They've just got to they've got to move Murray around and get him uncomfortable, and just they'll wear him down. Um, so you know the old saying, "Father Time catches up with everyone." I think um, he's so competitive. He was in his mind thinking, you know, gee, I'm still capable of maybe having uh, another run. But you know, the last I think it's been five years now that he hasn't advanced past the second round or third round of a major. So, you know, reality is absolutely setting in and we'll yeah. wait and see how the year unfolds, but it's getting harder for him, for sure. BP, just quickly before we let you go, mate, what's the watch out for today? The big names on display. Yeah, uh, big night. Uh, uh, certainly uh, Ilani Rabakina, uh, last year's uh, finalist in the women's, uh, taking on Carolina Pushkiva, former world number one. That's a, a tough first round. We get a look at Carlos Elcarez. For the first time, uh, up against the French uh, veteran Richard Gasquet with a beautiful single-handed backhand. Igor Sviantek, the world number one, will be on uh, centre court today. And we've got the remaining Aussies, uh, led by Thanasi Kokonakis, who can hopefully get his campaign off to a good start. Uh, young James McCabe from uh, Sydney. Uh, what a great moment for him to get a wild card and play his first uh, main draw. He's got those swimming shoulders, James. Uh, I think Sonny Bill Williams was uh, watching him train the other day. So he's got the, he's quite a bit of rugby league. He's done everything, this young kid, but he's very good at tennis. Uh, Olivia Kadecki, really good young Gold Coast. A great moment for her. Max Purcell, who I think can do anything, Max. So, yeah, we're hoping those remaining Aussies today can uh, get a few, uh, few victories. Yeah, absolutely, BP. SEN has coverage of the Australian Open tonight. You can listen to that. You can listen to the Big Bash on the SEN app as well. Uh, BP, we love your work, mate. Uh, Thanks, as always. We can't wait for today's action. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thank you, team. Thanks, mate. We're here for Bryden's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Bryden's Lawyers. SEN Summer Brekkie is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Time to talk to Nick Ashman from Sportsbet. 
Make it look easy with Sportsbet. Chances are you're about to lose. Good morning, Nick. Uh, no predictions yesterday for Jaleesa, or no tips anyway. Uh, I wonder, do we have some today? He's got to. <laughs> we do. We've got some. Woo-hoo! Do you want to kick off with them or do you want to, do you want to talk about uh, sport? No, I'm, <laughs> no, I'm self-serving. Give me my tips. <laughs> okay. May uh, I please have no the in, tips, no, Nick? There's no, there's no interest like self-interest, is there? Yeah, exactly. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, round week tomorrow, the Kensington track. They're playing on the inside. Race five, number one, cadetship. Round the $4.50 mark currently. Love it. Chris Waller for James McDonald's. James McDonald, not McDonald's. You can tell I haven't had breakfast. <laughs> um, this horse is having a third run back from the spell. Jaleesa, second up, went to a 1,500-metre race at Ramwick on the 6th of January. Uh, finished only about for sort of four and a half lengths off a pretty talented horse called Running By. This is a much easier race, and I think it'll peak you third up from a spell. So $4.50, jump on that. Oh, oh, you know what? Good. I love it. Not only have you given a tip, but you've also on the back of Jaleesa's comments on form on one of your other tips <laughs> <laughs> gone into, this is why, this is why, this right. is why yeah, it'll yeah, work. Yeah. So if it all goes pear-shaped, you've, you've done, you've justified. Well, I will be yeah. putting my $2 on that. Yeah, great. Uh, let's okay, talk. Good on I'm appreciate the faith. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk Australian Open, mate. What have you got there for us? Yep. Well, look, today in action, obviously, uh, Thanasi Kokonakis uh, plays a bit later on, but um, I thought we'd talk about Grigor Dimitrov because he won the Brisbane, mm. um, the Brisbane International. Uh, he's, um, he's lining up against Martin Fuxovic. I probably pronounced that rank, uh, name slightly wrong there, but, uh, uh, and he's $1.13 to win. Here's an interesting stat for you. He's won his last 15 ATP first-round matches in Australia, so... He's a very good first-round uh, player. He, to go three, love, which he's a chance of doing, is $2.18, but he does look the anchor for the day. And then later on tonight, the number two seed for the whole tournament, Carlos Alcaraz, who only Novak Djokovic is expected to go better than him. He's an absolute whiz. He smashed Djokovic uh, after being down to him in the Wimbledon last year. And he's a $1 to beat Richard Gasquet. Alcaraz, uh, well, Richard Gasquet, who he plays, who is probably in his twilight of his career, He's lost his last uh, 10 ATP first-round matches. So uh, Alcaraz will look to, uh, to put him away, guys. So they look the two most likely winners, I would have thought, on uh, day three of the Big Eyes Open. It, it, when you started to pronounce those names, I thought you were going uh, potentially down Pakistan opening batter uh, or New Zealand netballer Temelisi Whakahakatau uh, territory or Fakazaman <laughs> opening batter. It's, every now and then it gets tricky, doesn't it? <laughs> There was a pretty, yeah, there was a pretty funny uh, Finnish uh, alpine skier, which I won't even mention her name from a few years ago, but if you Google it, you'll know what I'm talking about. So uh, anyway, that was a funny one, but we won't go there. Hey, I've got something special for you, and I know, Jaleesa, you like these out wide markets. Eurovision. Now, I don't know oh, if here we go. Yes, Eurovision. Eurovision. I love Eurovision. Well, there's been money for Ukraine overnight. Can you believe it? When I was doing this yesterday to prep for this segment, Ukraine were $9. They're in the $7. So I don't know what's going on, but there's some money for Ukraine, um, which is pretty normal over the last few months. Um, United Kingdom and them are the two favourites at $7 a piece. But I've got a little bit of mail for you about Greece. Now, they've missed, I think, the last two or three Eurovisions. Um, and they've got a singer there who recorded a song with Bob Sinclair. Now, those that... Uh, don't mind, uh, you know, a bit of uh, a bit of a, a festival from time to time. We remember Bob Sinclair was out here in the early to mid 2000s and even in the 2010s. Uh, Marina Sati 
uh, made a song called uh, Cups, which is uh, spelt C-O-U-P-E-S, and it featured on one of Bob Sinclair's albums uh, back in 2016 that he did. So uh, we think that there's maybe a school of thought that Greece is bringing a bit of mainstream to Eurovision, whether or not that's good enough to get the cash. $15 to find out, though, and they'd be dead hungry to get back into it, of course. Eurovision will be hosted by Sweden and their $10 equals second favourites to take it out. So the money's with Ukraine. The host is Sweden, given a big chance and a bit of mail out wide for Greece at $15. Uh, oh, not I only, like your research. Yeah, not only are you covering sport locally, but you are at the depths of <laughs> Eastern Europe and you know, the, you, your research is going to new lengths, Nick. It's, it, look, it could be classified under useless information, but we'll go with what you just said because I'm, I'm buoyed by the fact that uh, it's making these segments a little bit more interesting just, than just the usual update. Yeah. So, thank we you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Eurovision's good fun. Yeah, we can't just go straight down the line here. Uh, thanks, Nick. Have a great day at Sportsbet. No. Good on you, guys. All the best. Bye. Make it look easy with Sportsbet. Chances are you're about to lose. For free and confidential support, visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Thanks, Vanessa. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast, powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. If you're only just waking up, here's a few of the headlines we've been discussing. It's been revealed that the Herald, that David Warner's baggy green, it wasn't stolen. But in fact, (laughs) it was just there all along. Awkward. Uh, Anyway... (laughs) Moving on. <laughs> uh, we spoke with Brett Phillips for a wrap of the Australian Open. If you missed that chat, you can find it on the podcast. Just search Breakfast with Vossi and Branding on your favourite podcast platform. Hit subscribe, please. That would help it out. The Hobart Hurricanes and Melbourne Stars seasons have drawn to a close following the Hurricanes win last night by seven runs in the Big Bash. Um, we ber- heard from Cameron Green. He was talking about um, how he actually thought that he was preparing to become the opener uh, instead of be slotting in. So I think by the sounds of it, he knew that once a place came up with him in the Australian team, Trent, that he was going to get it, but he was thinking, well, this is the available space and I'll go in as opener. Yeah. He's thrilled that Steve Smith has taken up. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I saw him during the Sydney test, Mm. um, doing running sessions, training in the nets, bowling extra overs. And generally you can sort of read the tea leaves that he was a likely inclusion or at least in the very thick of it yeah. at that point. So uh, I think you're absolutely right. And at that point, there was no chat about Steve Smith. Yeah. Uh, during no, the Sydney test came... was the first time that we heard about it. Yeah, well, Cameron Green said that he only first heard about it on the Wednesday before uh, it being announced. So um, yeah. he didn't even realise. He, interestingly, yesterday he was spending still just as much time bowling as he was batting. So still very much got that focus on that all-round position. We've just got a text here. It doesn't have a name on it. If you do send a text, please put a name on it. Um, maybe even where you're listening from. I'm just really nosy. I just like to know what, you, what you're doing. Um, <laughs> we all do. Yeah. 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 And I like your name. Stuff the billions that I think that this is meant to, it's a spelling mistake, but I think it's meant to be stuff the billions that are being spent on the Gabba. I'm spending more than 1500 a week on just rent, fuel and food. Yes, I do travel a bit from work from the Sunshine Coast to Brisbane. That's a reality for most people having to live outside of where you work. Yet I don't have a dollar to my name and I'm making more money than I ever have. I don't care about sport at the moment, especially when they get paid millions to do something I do for free. The, this plan to redevelop the GABA um, for the Brisbane Olympics, it's going to cost $2.7 billion. The, It is a hard sell in cost of living 
yeah. crisis to be doing that. Usman Khawaja even came out a month ago saying, uh, hitting back at how much it's going to cost uh, Queensland cricket, the contribution that they are apparently having to make yeah. to it. And the fact that they're going to be out of the Gabba for so many years, they won't be able to make money. Yeah. There. And then the where they're proposed, the government has put a proposal forward with this money and how they're going to fund getting to Brisbane and mm-hmm. what the Gabba will look like. But as part of that, Queensland Cricket actually had to come out and make a statement saying we didn't agree on, yeah. I think it was 60 plus million dollars mm-hmm. on a refurb of another ground that in the long run, Queensland Cricket aren't even going to use. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those things that I'm fascinated to watch how this unfolds because at the moment I don't see a resolution there. There might have been one that I haven't been privy to, but yeah, tricky one. And particularly the highlight of cost of living, a reality, particularly for those listening in Sydney, um, just ridiculous levels at the moment. Mm. And people are struggling to get by with mortgage repayments, interest rates going through the roof. Well, Um, even in the country, there's no, the the cost of housing is insane at the moment. The houses have jumped in COVID because everyone decided they could work from home. All the people from the city on city wages moved to the country, bought houses there. They literally tripled. Yeah. It is insane. We were back in Bathurst around Christmas time where I'm from and there was houses there, four bedroom houses, mm-hmm. no pool, or five bedroom houses selling for $1.6 million. Yeah. Insane. In Bathurst. Yeah. I love Bathurst. But, <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Bathurst. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's like yeah. you're talking... 10 years ago in the outskirts of Sydney. Yeah. Yeah. Wild. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Good text. Thank you for sending it in. Chuck your name on it uh, next time. Or make yeah. up a name. I don't mind. Make I, up I a name. I won't know. Yeah. <laughs> tell, tell me where you're listening from. Yeah. We've got Charlie Gooder coming in on the text <laughs> line here as well. Uh, it, put whatever name you like. 0457 736 736 is the Edgewater Homes text line. 1300 01 1170 to call in. Uh, a few more texts here. Michael has said those reboot shows, blah, never seem to hit the mark in reference to Gladiators. Oh, yeah. Well, I noticed a few articles when I Googled it um, after speaking about it that weren't so favourable. Mm. I actually didn't mind it. Yeah. And, I, and that's a clearly impartial view because it's not on the network I work for, but yeah. I didn't mind it. I didn't know the original, so I've got nothing to compare to. And I was under duress. So I was being, being forced <laughs> to watch this, so I had to watch it. Uh, there's been story time with Jaleesa many times this morning. We'll uh. leave that. We'll leave that alone. Uh, one of these texts has just come in again with no no name on it. So please do put your name to it so we know who to reference. But New Queensland Premier has suggested the Gabba redevelopment is under review. Watch this space. I'm not surprised. Mm. I'm not surprised with that amount of money and you know clear stakeholder. I guess how they feel about the whole thing in terms of Queensland cricket is one of the major stakeholders in this whole process, so alienated and putting out statements against the process. I don't see a resolution anytime soon. But I don't know how much you can review it though, because there would have been commitments made to get the Olympics. Yeah. So we can't have what happened with the Commonwealth Games happening with the Olympics. Oh, wow. No, that could, that would never happen with the Olympics though, surely. No. We say that now. Fingers crossed. All right, keep those texts flying in and your calls. We'll get to plenty more. There's so much sport to talk about on Summer Brekkie here on SEN. SEN Summer Brekkie, Trent Copeland and Jaleesa Apps with you this morning. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's Lawyers. We'll get into your texts on the Edgewater Homes text line 0457 736 736. Just updating on some American sport going on this morning. 
The 76ers, 124, beat the Houston Rockets, 115. Joel Embiid made his return uh, and shocked me, 40 points for the big man. He is unbelievable, that guy. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks with Aussie Josh Green playing against another Aussie in Dyson Daniels uh, for the Pelicans. That is in the second quarter there, 59 to 55, the score in favour of the Mavericks. Uh, we've got the Detroit Pistons and the Wizards playing against each other, 33 all in the second quarter there. The Orlando Magic with Aussie Joe Ingles there, 32-29 over the Knicks in early in that match as well. We've got the NFL kicking off shortly, the last two matches of wildcard round this morning. That's the Steelers up against the Bills and the Bucks up against the Eagles. So we're looking forward to that one. Uh, as I said, you can send us a message on the Edgewater Homes text line 0457 736 736. Edgewater Homes mortgage fund up to $1,500 a month off your home loan for two years. T's and C's apply. Jaleesa, let's get into the text. Gladiators, I lasted three minutes and 24 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Did you have the stopwatch on that? I don't know, but that was a lot longer than a lot of the contenders. Um, <laughs> J.A. Roosterman says, points for going to the dentist, bite or no bite. This is in reference to I bit my dentist. Uh, catch up in the podcast if you <laughs> if you want to humiliate me again. Um, ditch, oh, I, won't, I won't read the next bit, Roosterman, but... <laughs> Thanks. Essentially saying you can stay on here permanently. Yeah, yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Rooster Man. <laughs> uh, but yeah, dental hygiene, very important. Don't bite your dentist. Uh, it's not good and embarrassing. Um, what happens, this is Alan from Newcastle. Someone asked this yesterday as well. What happens if Smith fails at opener but Green succeeds in the middle order? Could Smith be dropped? Oh, dropping Steve Smith, you can't see it happening. No, he was actually asked about that, I think, yesterday or maybe even with Barat during that presser that he did and... He actually, his response was great and, and sort of champion mindset sort of stuff was, I'm not a, not even entertaining negative thoughts like that. I, I'm here. I think it's going to be a success and I think it was the right move. Um, the reality of the situation, no, I don't think there's any chance that he'd be dropped mm. before they tried him back down at number four first. Mm. This is one for you as well, Opal Joe. Are the Dallas Cowboys the biggest chokers in world sport? Wow. I mean, the answer is probably yes. And uh, with expectations as well. Um, that's the sort of thing that those sort of losses, and it wasn't just your average loss either. It was a proper smackdown. Uh, we had a message from Charlie Goodsir this morning. Gooder. on his <laughs> Gooder. Yeah. Charles Gooder, it says on the text, Dallas losing is very bittersweet. Trent and Jaleesa, on one hand, it's amazing seeing the Cowboys choke again in glorious fashion. But it's sad that it was the Green Bay Packers instead of the Niners, as is tradition. So it, a lot of people like hating on the, the Dallas teams, and particularly in the NFL. Um, yeah, biggest chokers? Ah, let's have a bit of fun and say yes. Mm. Uh, the Manly Way, um, episode four dropped last night, according to Andrew, um, depicts a very hectic boot camp that went for 32 hours. Excellent content, and our players are so tough. Highly recommend I, I will be watching that. That that sounds interesting. You've watched a few of the early episodes? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. It's good behind the scenes sort of content of the preseason and um yeah. Is it focused on any particular players? Like, you know, the quarterback no. doco in the NFL, they follow specific players. No, it's just a just everything Generic. about their, their preseason. Okay. Yeah. Do you think it's something that I mean, there's so many of these out there right now. Do you think it's something that most clubs should look at doing? 
Uh, well, I guess if you're doing it in-house as a club, you control the narrative. Um, so that's probably a positive for them. It doesn't, um, it doesn't give you, I guess, you want to see the juicy bits, don't you? Like, yeah. um, so I guess when you're outsourcing that, like Tales of Tiger Town, I really liked that. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure too many clubs would be brave enough to do that. Yeah. Tell us what your favourite docos are out there in the world of sport. 0457 736 736 and 1300 01 1170 is the open line. It brings to mind, you know, the test doco for cricket. We've spoken about this before. Um, numerous others. Breakpoint in the tennis landscape. Drive to survive. There are a lot of these out there right now. Um, but the best ones are just absolute magic because no one gets to see you. You see the contest on the field and everyone idolizes these sports people, Yeah. but seeing the real human beings and the, and best, the families, the best ones are, that was what the test was so good at was there was so many moments in there where probably players, uh, didn't want in there. Um, but the edge, which was the English version of that. That was not good because that was done so retrospectively. Did you find that? Yeah. And I, I, didn't, I must say I didn't watch the entire series, but I totally agree. And even the, the test doco. And they avoided a lot of issues around that time. Yeah, controversy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Uh, look, the test doco, I think, for someone that's been in the environment, I still don't think it went the full way, but it was no. a great insight into for people who have just never seen yeah. inside the four walls of the Australian dressing room yes. and what the baggy green means and, yeah. and how that team operates. Yeah. Uh, from that point of view, it's been brilliant. Yeah. And, and more of it. As we're talking about the manly preseason, whatever sport it is, I think teams should be thinking that way because inside change room, inside, I love hard knocks in American sport where, where it's NFL, it's during training camp, in a, one of the bigger storyline teams leading into a summer uh, of football. And I remember the Jets was the lead in and then Aaron Rodgers goes down injured. But this is like the brutal cuts of a GM saying, bringing, come on, Jaleesa, into my office. Yeah. You're one of the training camp members and say, sorry, it's not your time. Yeah. This is like life, you know, movements in this person's career. And yeah. you get to see the raw, authentic conversations. Yeah. That's what sports docos are all about. And we absolutely love it here. So breakfast is powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. Tuesday, the 16th of January here on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. Jaleesa Apps and Trent Copeland with you, filling in in the chairs for Vossi and Brandy. Ah, what a morning we've had. We just finished the last hour with fruit salad from the Wiggles <laughs> with Greg Page's birthday. And now we have very special guests in the studio, WWE stars, LA Knight and Grayson Waller. And I want to just get the vibe going here before I say g'day with a few highlights. Listen to this. Dig up the soil, place the seeds, cover in water within your way to see. Gotta keep moving with no complacency and pay attention to the fact that nothing came for free. All of a sudden, LA Knights everywhere. Let's call it what it is. I'm the fastest rising star in SmackDown history. The only star in the movie, I'm playing the role. I can never lose the focus, I stay in control. Tell my opponent like a paper, I'm making it fold. Never call the silver, I'll be racing for gold. I'm the best decision this company ever made. The one and the only megastar. Tell them whose game this is. Yeah, put the pressure on them. I took Roman Reigns within an so inch. So, 
So we are very lucky to have. Now why are you going to cut that off before it's done? <laughs> yeah. We're still got at least 30 seconds. <laughs> Maybe you can give us some in person. Uh, but you guys are here in Sydney ahead of the WWE event at Optus Stadium next month. Grayson is from Sydney and was a high school history teacher before leaving the teaching job in 2021 uh, when you signed with WWE. Uh, I want to delve in with both of you about the stories to get here, but let's start on that video and the uh, was what was the title? Fastest Rising Star in 2023 in WWE. That's something, eh? Sure. Uh, I mean, especially if you consider the, uh, the the humble beginnings from the beginning of the year. Uh, I, I was not meant to do much of anything. I don't think there were great expectations put upon me by anybody other than me. Uh, so at that point, when you look at how the, the year kind of shaped out, um, the crazy thing is that that video even exists uh, because, again, I mean, just looking at, at at the climb I had to make. And, and look, everybody's got their own story. Everybody's got their own uh, challenges in this business. But uh, at the end of the day, uh, I, I was battling a lot of uh, a lot of political forces and things like that. When you look at uh, a lot of people get hung up on the age. And, uh, look, you know, when, when you're 25 like I am, <laughs> you know, hey, there's nothing funny about that. No, yeah, but, I trust you, mate. No, but you know, but people see my age and they see the number and they're like, ah, I don't know, man. Is he going to be able to do it, brother? I'm in the best damn shape, uh, and, and I would say I'm I'm well above and beyond half the guys who are in their uh, in their 20s and 30s. So in that regard, when you got that going, you got the, the the mind that I have been able to develop over 20 years of doing this. Look, I sound like I'm just giving myself a whole uh, a whole. Uh, well, I can't say what I was going to say, but I'm, I'm giving myself a nice rub at this point. And, uh, and I don't mean to, but you set me up for that. So here we are. I'm really interested in both of you, how you got into it. Because I know when I was a kid, it was like Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Undertaker. We were all obsessed. Were you guys obsessed as young kids? Yeah, I think we're, we're very similar in, in the way that we, we were fans growing mm. up. You know, we watched guys like Stone Cold and The Undertaker and those guys and like we're one day we want to be that. And that's the crazy thing that, especially as an Australian, like there's not too many Australians who have had mm. the opportunity to do it. Mm. Um, and it's only recent that's happened. So as a kid, I didn't think it was possible, but now like hopefully we're opening some doors. We get some more Australians out there because we're sick of these Americans taking all the spots on TV, you know, <laughs> we need some more Aussies. Grayson, you were a, a school teacher though in Sydney, right? So how does that transition? How does that happen? Yeah, well, it's, it's in Australia, if, if you're a wrestler, like it's, it's not possible to make a living off it. It's kind of something that you do on the right. weekends and that type of thing. So you kind of, you do have to have a full-time job yeah. and I was a high school history teacher which people don't kind of believe because some of the horrendous things that I say on TV every week <laughs> and that type of thing um, but, but but that was something fun that I did and now uh, WWE saw me on the right time and, and, and picked me up and now I don't have to worry about teaching those kids anymore you know helping the next generation now I'm worried about myself <laughs> so it, so if they were playing up in the classroom you'd just wrestle no 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 no, no never <laughs> we never touch the children at all in any way um, but, I, but I, I can talk better than any they can so if whatever smart kid in, in the class wants to say some stuff to me I've got no problem putting him in his place right. he's not going to say anything else again right. is there any sort of uh, prelude into the smack talk element that you guys undoubtedly uh, the one of the biggest things that I love about WWE is the you know rivalries I'm interested in the rivalry between you two but yeah they, we, we, we've got the security guy here just to make sure we don't uh, <laughs> start punching on them in, in the in the studio because it might happen because he says some wild stuff about me you know he thinks he's smart he says all these things to me but he only does it when the security's around you know wow he's, he's funny right <laughs> uh, look, uh, look, he's, he's all worried about me being over here. I'm stealing his thunder, this, that, whatever. Thunder from down under. Yeah. Uh, but here's the thing. You're talking about uh, the, the trash talk and all this kind of stuff. Um, 
for me, when I was growing up and watching this, uh, if you couldn't talk, I just wasn't into you. And so for me, uh, that was always a thing. I wanted to be able to make sure that I could not only do my job in the ring, but also come and just uh, give you a walk-in soundtrack at the same time and just talk all the trash. Uh, how good is that? D- Daniel Vito played for the Canberra Raiders. This is a question without notice, so sorry. Daniel Vito played for the Canberra Raiders. Is he still in yeah, the yeah, WWE? Yeah, he's still around. Zion Quinn is, yes. in, is, yes, is his yes, name. Yeah. Um, Zion, I think he's been away for a little bit. But, uh, you know, he's a, he's a big boy. I was trying to explain to LA yesterday what a winger is. Yeah, you know, right. Okay. Explain, like, it's like a wide receiver in football. Yeah. Um, Every, everything that has an er sound or an e sound on the end of it just sounds like Aussie slang. Yeah, so but we use yeah, it. It's, it's a winger. Winger. Winger, mate. Go yeah, have a feed. Yeah, he was a winger. <laughs> and uh, you've been talking about cricket as well, haven't you? Yeah, I'm trying to teach him. Uh, cricket's a hard sell for Americans. Mm. Like the moment you say five days for a test match, <laughs> you know, it's kind of, and I try to explain it's, it's, but it's about being there in the crowd and drinking it's the beers and making the beer snake. Like you're not really even watching half in the America, cricket. In America, people <laughs> talk about baseball games being long when they go four or five hours. Five yeah. days, what? Oh, maybe T20 is your entry point. You're, the big bash that's going on at the moment. There's a good game that's on tonight in Perth, actually. Yeah, watch that. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely be paying attention. We'll, we'll watch that. The, the Scorchers, who are they playing? The Sixers. The, the Sydney Sixers, your favorite team. Oh, oh, yes, yes, yeah. of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Long-time fans of them. Yeah. Uh, but you mentioned Perth, and that just gets me thinking Elimination Chamber. That's coming up in a month. We got tickets still available, Ticketmaster. Got to plug that. Got to mention that because it's going to be one of the biggest shows, if not the biggest show, uh, happening here in Australia in February, Elimination it, Chamber. It is a very quick trip for you guys. You barely get to sleep. What are you doing while you're here? I know you're going out <laughs> to the Penrith Panthers because I will be there as well, oh, covering okay. it for, for Channel 7. So... What are you doing at the Panthers? So this, so I'm a diehard Sydney Roosters fan. Oh, okay. So this is, uh, I still feel a bit sick so that I have to do be... this. But we actually <laughs> have, a, we have a custom-plated WWE Championship okay. belt for the Panthers. Uh, obviously, they've, you know, so won. it's going to be extra special yeah. when you give it to them personally. Oh, <laughs> and you know, the thing about the Panthers are, these guys, they're, they're kind of similar to us. They love talking online. They're very confident guys, but it's because they know how good they are. And you've got to, got to kind of appreciate that regardless of who you go for. But it's, I'm excited to actually hand out for, because we've been doing it for the NFL teams yeah. for a long time and different sport teams in America. I'm glad we're finally giving one yeah. to an Australian team. So uh, we'll head over there and I'll begrudgingly hand over the W Championship belt to the Panthers. I think you're seeing James Fisher-Harris too, who I think he could look like in play. You could recruit him. Yeah, there's, there's some big boys there. Yeah. And especially now with the WWE, we're actually looking at uh, a lot of athletes to, to bring in, like right. ex-athletes, um, obviously in America. But we're doing the same thing in Australia now. I know they've got their eyes down here and uh, looking at these guys who are just in great shape and have a great personality. And I think the Panthers boys are a lot like that, where they're, they're not just athletes, they're personalities. Like you, you pay attention to what they're saying. What do you love about doing this? There's, there's no other feeling better than walking out in front of 15,000 people. And for me personally, booing me. There is nothing better than when I'm <laughs> really? And you have the kids booing you. Wow. You have grandma booing me. And I get to say the most horrendous things possible. Wow. Like, okay. I get to take away all the fun that they're having. Um, but there's no other feeling, especially like the adrenaline rush you get from like even getting punched in the face, punching someone else in the face. And I know elimination in Perth, in Perth like getting to do it in front of my friends and family and 45,000 Aussies is going to be a wild feeling. And then I'm going to drink some beer out of a shoe and it's going to be a beer. <laughs> <laughs> what about signature moves? So, like, tell me, for the uninitiated. Do yeah. them on Trent. I, you know, you're talking about athletes that are built for this? Yeah, I'm not one of them. But <laughs> all, all, all the space in here that's available, we'll make that happen. Um, yeah, I... Uh, you have to have your own little flash and pizzazz, right? So uh, something that fits you, something that fits what you do. Um, you want me to explain mine or just how that works in general? 
Yours, yours. Mine in particular will basically, I, I, I grab a guy by the head, I, I flatten out of my belly, and he is going to get basically it's, dropped I, on his head. I'll, I'll be back. honest, it's very painful. Uh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not a happy day. I've had to deal with it a few times, and it, it is not fun. And you're kind of getting on the plane home, and you, you, your neck's a little bit sore. Never again, though. Not a good day at the office. Never again. Okay. This what is... about yours? Oh, sorry. I, sorry, go on. I, I just do whatever cool move you see, like the Stone Cold Stunner. I do a very similar one, but I do a mad forward roll in the ring first. I just add some athleticism, some pizzazz <laughs> to everything I do. You know? Love that. Well, I've got a producer question coming through my ear. Can you do it to Trent in here? Can you do like if he was Look, a proper I, athlete, like he I don't played know. like rugby or something? Proper, type of thing, like, proper oh, athlete, love that. Have you ever oh, seen the footage it. of Mr. T and Hulk Hogan with Richard Belzer? No. Oh yeah. No, so, no. yeah. So we're not going to do that. Uh, <laughs> as far as I recall, that ended up in a big giant lawsuit. We're good. Uh, <laughs> no, not in America. You can do things. It's yeah, like well, yeah, we can. Yeah, do, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. well, come on over. No, it's here Australia. That. It's not yes. even. We don't. We don't even have cause. We don't. Pretty sure yeah. Belzer was bleeding out of the back of his head. It was. It was a whole. Yeah, scene. great, great. Right. Uh, yeah, can't wait for that. Uh, we do need to let you go though, because you're on the big press tour ahead of the massive day over here. Yeah, absolutely. You're both taking part in the WWE Elimination chamber in perth next month saturday february the 23rd it's wwe's first event in australia since 2018 and the only premium live event in the asia pacific region this year wwe stars la knight and grayson waller boys thanks so much for joining us yes thank you sen summer brekkie here with jaleesa apps and trent copeland wasn't that a time well how WWE did you wrestlers. feel about if we had a real athlete in here, <laughs> we could... It just uh, rolled off the tongue as well, Yeah, he it? just looked at you and went, well, if we had a real athlete. <laughs> and, I mean, you took it well. You took it well, but... I mean, it... let's be honest, I'm not a real athlete. Did you cry in the ad break? Yeah, just a little bit inside. No. That's Grayson, not... Grayson Waller and LA Knight, the WWE wrestlers. It, it got us thinking, let's unpack that in a little moment. Go on. Uh, 0457 736 736 on the Edgewater Homes text line or 1300 01 1170 on the open line. Who were your favorite wrestlers growing up or who, who are they now? Uh, you mentioned the, probably The Undertaker and Kane were mine. Stone Cold Steve Austin, obviously a, yeah, he a was favorite just, for everyone. Yeah, The Undertaker was my favorite because I, you know, when you're a kid, you just, you're a bit silly. Um, I thought he was just coming on to kill people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just thought, wow, this is pretty wild. Yeah. Uh, he was scary though. Yeah. I was watching some Undertaker footage yesterday, just reliving. I went down a bit of a rabbit hole in preparation to this. <laughs> but yeah, it was, I used to love it. And these two that were in, in comparison from yesteryear to now, I must say I don't watch a lot at the moment, but the, the, the characters that they were, they were, you know, quite jovial, but, you know, pretty relaxed in studio. I was yeah. thinking they might've brought the stone cold energy in here. Oh, I wish they had. Um, I, w- I actually in COVID, um, in isolation, I was isolated to one little room um, and I watched the WWE, the Divas series. Okay. Uh, so I got really into the divas. There okay. was like a, there's like a reality show where there's these twins and. Oh wow. Yeah. So that was, I was kind of reliving the, the divas. Interesting. Tell us what you think. Who are your favorites over the years? Oh, four, five, seven, seven, three, six, seven, three, six. Shortly, we're going to have ESPN's Phil Murphy chat NFL wildcard round, and we're going to have the Steelers and Bills Kicking off at 8.30 this morning, just as we chat with Phil. So that's going to be interesting. And we'll get back over the other results 
of the weekend as well, and maybe even look forward and see who Phil thinks might win it all in the NFL. Mm. Um, we've got a few prizes to give away today. A double pass to Top Fuel Drag Racing Championship at Sydney Dragway on Friday the 26th and Saturday the 27th of January, and the Golf Tour Towel and a dozen limited edition Chrome Soft Truvis Golf Balls from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Um, how about we do the first one, the dragway. First caller through right now, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. And all I want from you is your favourite wrestler from WWE. It, I'm not even judging you on it. I just want to hear who your favourite wrestler has been. So first caller through, one three hundred oh one eleven seventy, and you'll be the winner of a double pass to the Top Fuel Drag Racing Championship at Sydney Dragway on the 26th and 27th of Jan. Um, Jaleesa, there's a few texts flying in. Yeah. A lot uh, of uh, WWE fans. Yeah. Um, Stu from Cronulla says, um, definitely a Hulkamaniac for the Hulk. Um, the Big Show, Massive Human. That's Skip from Robertson. I just Googled The Big Show. Oh, I don't know why I don't remember him, but yeah, big boy. He is a big boy. Yeah. That was Stone Cold's era and... Like he was, he was the guy towards the end of when I sort of stopped watching. Yeah. Right. That maybe at the top, like he was the main Maybe man. I had stopped by that point. Mm. Yeah. Uh, Morning Jay and TC, mm. my fave wrestlers were Ultimate Warrior, Macho Man and Randy Savage, Junior Smithy. There you go. Everyone's. Sting. Sting. Brett the Hitman Hart and Stone Cold back in the day now. That and Edge and Cena, that's from Dan. This is just on another topic. Mark Sparkles McGaw was a big in the originator gladiator. In the original, oh, my words, hey. In the <laughs> it's not like you have to say words oh, on TV all day. Honestly, the original gladiator show that was from Western Sydney Eagle. Yeah, forgot about that. <laughs> there you go. Okay, we have a winner on the line. Well, as long as we get a wrestler from you, Logan from Kernell. Good morning to you, mate. Good morning, mate. How are you? Yeah, going well. Have you got a WWE favourite wrestler? Oh, it'd have to be either the Ultimate Warrior or Rodney Rick Rude. <laughs> Love your work, mate. Logan, you've won the double pass to the Top Fuel Drag Racing Championship at Sydney Dragway on Friday the 26th and Saturday the 27th of Jan. Congratulations, mate. Thank you very much, mate. You have a great day. You too. You too. Thanks for the call. one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. one eleven seventy is the open line 0457 736 736 is the text line. Uh, Jaleesa, we've been talking WWE, giving away prizes. It's been a random show today. There's been a lot going on. Jaleesa's story time every hour. Bit my dentist. (laughs) You did bite your dentist. That's a, that's a pretty, you know, that's a WWE. Is that a movie? Can you bite? I don't think you can. (laughs) I think that's pretty sure that. I think that's probably outside the realms of. Yeah. Normal human behaviour. Yes. Uh, <laughs> at least you were potentially a proper human, not a, not a, a fake athlete uh, like I am. Uh, and to be fair, when you stand in the studio and you, you're looking around at me and you're talking about footy players they're about to go and see and they're thinking, who can we do moves on? Yeah. It's not really going to be me, is it? Um, no. It's we, okay. You weren't up for volunteering. I yourself. was, but there's no room oh, in Oh, okay. Oh, hey. I'm we could have smashed you on the table. <laughs> <laughs> you could have, amongst all of these mics. We could have gone out there, uh, outside the studio and filmed it, I guess. But uh, Mark has said, have they named a replacement uh, for Jai Richardson? No, I yeah. haven't. I haven't. No, I don't think it named for a few more 
weeks yet. Yeah, maybe they're just waiting for the big bash to clear yeah, and the I test match so. to happen yeah. and then they'll make sure that they've got a healthy person Yes, yeah, <laughs> ready yeah. to go rather than naming it now uh, a little time out. Uh, it's, yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing for Australia in that realm for that one day series is making sure that we've got the, the players that are there are A, healthy and B, not needing a rest by that point yeah. uh, physically and, and probably mentally after a massive World Cup straight into a domestic summer of cricket. So there's lots going on and there's lots of text messages flying in on the <laughs> Edgewater Homes text line. Some of the favourites there, um, morning guys, this is from the Penrith Eel. My favourites were Kurt Angle and The Undertaker. Uh, the Triple H, do you remember Triple H? No. Okay. I, I vividly remember Triple H. I've got a text here from Julian King, who's going to be up on summer oh. mornings <laughs> shortly out of nine o'clock. The intercontinental bout between Randy Macho Man Savage and Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was one of the all-time great bouts. There you go. It seems like we've got a WWE fan <laughs> coming out of nine o'clock for you, yeah, Julian we sh- King. We, they should have been on Jew- with Jules. Oh, well, maybe they can be. Right, let's... Jules, get them on the line and, and get a bit of nostalgia happening Yeah, out of nine o'clock. It seems like they were up for it today. They're going to be on the, the media tour. They were on their way to do Sunrise this morning. Uh, I don't then, think they'll be doing any moves on any of the Penrith Panthers. You reckon they'd come out worse off? I wouldn't like to say, but I wouldn't want to take <laughs> on James Fisher-Harris. <laughs> yeah, in anything. In anything, <laughs> yeah. just in, in general. Lovely guy, but yeah, he's... He's a big boy. Yeah, I'd hate to be running towards him with a football in my hand. I often wonder that. Like when you see those, you think, what goes through people's heads that they're actually wanting to run at you? Seriously. Uh, Just recapping a few of the big stories we've been touching on this morning. In the Big Bash last night, the Hobart Hurricanes beat the Melbourne Stars at the MCG. They made 187 runs batting first from their 20 overs. The Stars falling just short. Uh, of the run chase, but the top four locked in. Tonight's game is massive. The Scorchers v the Sixers, whoever wins, finishes in second place and effectively has a shot at a second chance. The truth about Davey Warner's missing baggy greens came to light in the Sydney Morning Herald. Dan Brettig reporting that the backpack was there the entire time. Uh, wouldn't you know it? Uh, but the most important thing out of all of this is that the baggy green is still in Davey Warner's possession. Uh, I wonder how Qantas... Feel about that. But anyway, that's another story. Cameron Green revealed uh, that when he learnt that he was being recalled to the Australian test team, he wasn't certain uh, that it was going to be at the top of the order or in the middle. He was expecting to be opening the batting and then he learnt that Steve Smith was volunteering, but only on the Wednesday before it was named. So that was pretty incredible. We've also been through all of the Australian Open results with Brett Phillips this morning. Naomi Osaka made her return to the Oz Open, uh, but was eliminated by an an informed Carolyn Garcia. And Aussie Alex Dimonor, he progresses. Uh, Milos Raonic put him to the test, particularly in the first set, losing that first set to Raonic. But Raonic, as he's had happen a lot in his recent career, uh, had to retire hurt early in the third set. So Dimonor now faces Matteo Arnaldi in the next round. So that is your sports update for the morning. Time now for a break. Thanks, Vanessa. Welcome back to Summer Breakfast, powered by Kubota. For over 40 years, we've been making tomorrow matter, shaping and building Australia together. 
Uh, all right. On the line, we have Phil Murphy, ESPN Sports Center anchor. And Phil, it doesn't get much bigger than the NFL playoffs. And I'm a massive fan, as I'm sure you're about to figure out during this interview. But, Phil, there's kickoff, we believe, in the Buffalo Bills versus the Steelers this morning. The snow didn't get the better of them, but it's been a wild weekend, hasn't it? Yeah, the snow, the snow got the better of them for about a day and a half. This game was supposed to be yesterday, and it would have kicked off you know, 5 a.m. Uh, by you all. So a little bit more convenient viewing today. And today is actually a national holiday in, in the U.S. So, uh, they, they should have a full uh, allotment of fans there, even though it's early Arville and Buffalo. But, um, yeah, it was a, a city that's known for snow and wind. It was just a little too much to put on an event of that magnitude. So the game pushes back about, what, 26 hours, 27 hours or so. And I think that favors the home Bills, actually. They're a team that love to throw the ball uh, with Josh Allen, their big-bodied, big-armed quarterback. Wind and snow yesterday would have made that a challenge and I think would have leveled the playing field a bit for the Steelers, a team that they're still – I mean, they're on their third quarterback this season. They run the ball well, uh, but I think the, the postponement favors the Bills. But the entire AFC is waiting to see. The NFL in the next round of the playoffs reseeds the teams. And yeah. the, the Steelers being the lowest remaining seed, if they do pull the upset, they're going to Baltimore. And, and if they don't, the Bills will be at home. So I actually have two different flights books for Friday, depending on where I'm going. <laughs> I'm not waiting as much as anybody to see who wins this thing. Oh, uh, that's very interesting. I want to delve back to yesterday, though, before we talk. You're outside Tampa Stadium for the Bucks game against the Eagles today. But let's talk yesterday because I don't know about you, but Jordan Love, when, when the Green Bay Packers make the move from Aaron Rodgers – to Jordan Love, it must be so hard for a young quarterback to come into the NFL, not only just to play and play well, but to go into your first playoff game and have a perfect passer rating, be up 27-0 and embarrass the Dallas Cowboys. Yesterday was remarkable viewing, 48-32 the final score. Yeah, it was a perfect passer rating and it was the perfect scenario for Jordan Love. If he dreamt up uh, the ideal circumstances for his first playoff game it's that on the road not expected to do much against the defense that there there was reason to believe that he and the Packers would have had success but um the the level of success the Packers defense had in the the first half is what was truly surprising like you mentioned 27 nil up but Jordan Love leading this roster of the Packers which is the youngest in the NFL uh and they're the the youngest to make a playoff berth and almost 50 years, 40, 48, 49 years, they've a team, they're a team that's gotten better as the season's gone on. They won six of their last eight games in the regular season, and that is very related to Jordan Love's maturation as a quarterback. In the last eight weeks, he had 18 touchdowns to just one interception. Then he goes to Dallas, three touchdowns, no picks, 272 yards, and he would have thrown for more if they weren't so inclined to run the ball in the final quarter and a half. And now people are looking around saying, how deep can Jordan Love take this team? That's the big question. And they go from the two-seed Packers from frying pan into fire next week. They're at the 49ers who are, uh, have the bye in the NFC. But it is one of the more surprising stories of the NFL season, how quickly this Packers team has come along. And it has fans in, in Green Bay excited, certainly for next week, but more for the next decade of this franchise. Because you mentioned it, even before Aaron Rodgers, they had Brett Favre for 15 years. That's yeah. 30 years of Hall of Fame quarterback, two guys starting. That's it. 
And then all the weight and the shadow was on Jordan Love, and he goes out and he blows away expectations. And, and now, again, Green Bay, very optimistic for the future and you know playing with house money for a game in five days' time in San Francisco. Yeah, and so many other teams clamoring for a quarterback that can at least give them one or two seasons, let alone you know, 15 years. And Jordan Love looks every bit that sort of player. What about on the other side of that game, just before we move on to the Lions and the Rams, the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott and coach Mike McCarthy, it, the hot seat just comes when you've got Jerry Jones as your owner and you are the team of America, as they're often referred to. Do you think it's time for Dallas to move on or are those two safe in their jobs? I don't think they're safe. And uh, not to say that they will move on, but Jerry Jones is always going to say all the right things for 48 hours or so after the loss. You know, hey, you know, we, we're proud of our season. Uh, we hold ourselves to a high standard. We didn't match that today, but we showed character in the loss and yada, yada, yada. The dust is going to settle in the midweek. And there is a recently, uh, a, a coach who recently left his, his perch in New England, who is, his name is going to loom over the off season. And I think every owner is going to look at his coaching scenario and saying, would we be improved if we had Bill Belichick as our head coach? Yeah. Dallas is not exempt from that. And you even throw in uh, Harbaugh in Michigan, the University of Michigan head coach, who's interviewing now with the Los Angeles Chargers, according to our Adam Schefter. He's somebody who can carry the mantle and had a lot of success in the pro games in San Francisco. Took San Francisco to a Super Bowl, um, which they ultimately lost to the Ravens a, a little over a decade ago. But uh, Mike McCarthy is really going to be measured against some hot coaching names. And candidly, I, I, I think it's 50-50 at best if he, if he survives it. He's had enough time to build a team, and, and this isn't the first playoff disappointment for Dallas. They've, they've gone up against some tremendous quarterback performances. But you mentioned it, America's team, they haven't been to a conference championship game since 1995. In the NFC, the only two teams with a longer such drought are the Commanders, which then went by a different nickname, and the Lions, who are now favored to reach a conference championship game because they're going to be at home next weekend against the winner of today's game, Bucks and Eagles. Yeah, tell us about that game yesterday that they won, the Lions and the Rams. That was a very tight finish. It was, and I mean, we knew it was going to be just because of the two quarterbacks. And I mean, so many, so many fun storylines going into that game. You know, quarterbacks who were traded for each other, uh, amongst other things, Matthew Stafford and Jared Goff trading places, and then Stafford takes the Rams to a Super Bowl. The, the, the player who Detroit drafted in 2009, and you got to understand, I mean, we did a misery rankings on ESPN, a fan misery index and uh, on, on ESPN NFL Blitz, our weekly show, and Mike Tannenbaum, our analyst and ESPN front office insider, said the Detroit fans are the most miserable in the NFL based on what they've been through. Zero Super Bowl births, one playoff win in more than 60 years. They just ended a drought that went back to 1991. But even prior to that, you had to go back to the late 1950s to find a playoff game that Detroit had won. So you have fans. I mean, they had guys that were octogenarians. They had a fan up there who was a season ticket holder for 66 years, and he's seen one playoff win. One. Yeah. And so for that, for that long-suffering franchise to go out and win as they did against a very capable opponent, a familiar opponent, uh, Matthew Stafford, and to, to put the game away as they did. Listen, they, did, they didn't sprint through the finish line. They scored three points in the second half. But Dan Campbell, the head coach there, has established an identity. And he was somebody who us media types here in the U.S. were 
kind of making fun of a little bit when he took the job. He had some weird idioms and weird sayings, and he was kind of quirky. Like When you walk into his office, it doesn't say head coach or anything of that nature. It says, Dan Campbell, the dude. You know, that, that makes you subject to some punchlines. But, but now all these videos are emerging of those early days in Detroit where he's just going to his players and saying, men, trust me. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, you're going to practice a little differently here. You're, you're not going to love it, but just trust me. Stay with me. I'm going to get us to where we want to be. Just, I'm not crazy. He even said, I'm not crazy. Please trust me. And now it's paying off. And it's one of the cooler stories in the NFL this year. And like I said, they're going to be at home in five days' time. The, the Lions were thinking, we got a playoff home game for the first time in 30 years, won a playoff game for the first time in 32 years. Awesome. Well, now they get another one. So uh, we get to run it back in five days. It, 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 Ford Field is going to be electric in six days, irrespective of who wins today's game in Bucks and Eagles. Yeah, Phil, there was fans crying in the stands yesterday. It was pretty magic to see, and you referenced it. Uh, we were talking about favorite docos, sporting docos here in Australia, but one of my favorites around the world is hard knocks, and a lot of the generic NFL fans around the world fell in love with the Lions, and Dan Campbell in particular, but this offense is humming with Jared Goff. They've got Sam Laporta, a rookie tight end, and Jameer Gibbs, along with David Montgomery. It's a, it's a well-oiled machine and great fun to watch. Just before we let you go, what's your prediction for today's games, and particularly the Tampa uh, game that you're going to be at? Well, I, I, I kind of alluded to uh, the, the game that's ongoing that just kicked off over on ESPN, the Bills-Steelers game. I think the, the refresh conditions should make it favorable for the Bills. I'd be very surprised if the Steelers won. I haven't canceled my second flight yet. I'll wait a little bit, but I think the Bills <laughs> will pull that off. Today in Tampa, this is, this is a funky one. These teams played on this field 16 weeks ago, Monday Night Football Week 3, and the Eagles were dominant. They, they outgained the Bucks by almost 300 yards. It was their biggest – single-game yardage advantage in 15 years. But there were some cracks in the foundation shown there. They struggled in the red zone. Jalen Hurts threw a couple of interceptions against the Blitz, which is now the big red flag with Jalen Hurts. He can't handle pressure. And Jordan Mailata, Sydney's own, he not only said, hey, we got to get better against the Blitz, but he said, hey, I'm, I'll, take, I'll take suggestions. And I'm not joking. I'm dead serious. If you guys yeah. know what we can do better, let us know. So I don't, I'm not terribly confident the Eagles are going to pull this off. The Bucks are slight underdogs. And even though they don't have a reputation of, of ha- having a fortress in the playoffs, they're only five and five in playoff home games. As I sit here outside the stadium, a lot of, a lot of red around me right now. I think the Bucks are going to get it done only just. But like I said, uh, th- there's, there are a number of different ways this, thing, this one can go. The Eagles, if they can establish the running game and get going downhill, that, that's going to work in their favor. I don't have a ton of confidence either way. No matter how this goes, I'm probably going to be a little bit surprised in the second half, but sitting here just now, I think the Bucks win a close, high-scoring, fun game. Yeah, and there's storylines everywhere in this one as well. Baker Mayfield at quarterback and A.J. Brown out for the Eagles. So that one starts 12.15 p.m. local time on ESPN. Thanks for your time this morning, Phil. Enjoy the games today. Thank you. You enjoy the games as well. Cheers. Thanks, Phil. Uh, We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's Lawyers. It is SEN Summer Brecky here. Trent Copeland alongside Jaleesa Apps in the mornings. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's Lawyers. The second of our prizes to give away today, Jaleesa. We have a question. This is going to be fun. Uh, A golf tour towel and a dozen limited edition chrome soft Balls from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. 
we have a question. First caller through on one three hundred O one eleven seventy that can tell us what did Jaleesa Apps do to her dentist? This is such a stitch up. I come in in the morning and you guys say, "Oh, what's going on?" I go, "Oh, we never believe I actually did something to my dentist." And uh, then you're like, "Content, content, well, content." I mean, you're the interesting one here. I'm just going to come in every morning and just go, "Hello, how are you? Very good." Yeah. Very good. How was your day? Good. It was fine. There was nothing weird that happened. <laughs> uh, let's get to a caller that we've got here now, a regular on 1300 01 1170. It's The Bag off the coast of WA. How are you going, The Bag? Oh, very good morning to you, Trent and Jaleesa. Uh, I'm going all right. I've been needing to get a bit of a fix of rugby league. Mm. And uh, I am a Roosters supporter, but the Manly Way, the YouTube series that they've put up about their pre-season and the, what they're going through, very, very interesting. Yeah, what? a few people have mentioned that. It um, seems to be popular. They've been putting up sort of little bits and pieces about this pre-season, and someone said overnight that they've put up the 36-hour boot camp. Is, did you watch that one, or have you not caught up quite to that yet? Yeah, I started watching that uh, yesterday and I watched the other half today. They don't go for that long 20 minutes. No. But, oh, yeah, they've copped an absolute flogging, all sorts of burpees. <laughs> and uh, But they've had to carry oars to Bondi. That's as far as I've got. But then back to Brookie. But, oh, they're getting towed up deluxe. Uh, I'm interested, with all of these docos and the best ones that you watch, I often come out with a few myths busted and players that I maybe thought were a certain type of person or type of player that are then very, very different when you get the insight. Is there anyone from Manly that's, I mean, jumped out at you that you're liking during the doco? I like the words of Nathan Brown, isn't it, that signed over there at Manly? Mm. He's just got a point to prove and he's grateful for the opportunity and a pretty tough ombre, but uh, comes across with uh, commitment. So that was pretty good. Yeah. yeah, love your work, The Bag. Thanks, as always, mate, for the call. There's plenty of good docos going around, but the Manly one seems to be... A good watch. We have a winner. We have a winner. As obviously people have been listening all morning to your antics, Jaleesa. Uh, Steve from Windsor. Good morning, Steve. Uh, g'day, Stuart. Uh, sorry, how are you? Yeah, going well, going well. <laughs> We've all been there. Please. Uh, oh, that was me. That's been me all week. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, <laughs> you've got an answer to the question. What did Jaleesa do? Yeah, she uh, bit him. I bit, bit the dentist. I did. It was a female dentist, but I bit her. Have you ever bit the dentist, Steve? You bit him. Her, sorry. <laughs> Have you ever done that, Steve? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, you're a functioning adult. Well done, yes, Steve. Yes, <laughs> well done, well done. You won yourself a golf tour towel and a dozen limited edition Chrome Soft Truvis golf balls from Odyssey, the number one putter in golf. Congratulations, Steve. Well, thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. No Thanks, worries Dave. at all. We're here for Brighton's Lawyers. Unable to work due to injury or illness? Contact Brighton's Lawyers. Welcome back to The Breakfast Show. You're with Jaleesa Apps, Trent Copeland. We've only got a few minutes left, Copes. It goes pretty fast. Hey, this uh, Friday, hit the beach with Sienna, joining on all the fun with the Summer of Surf. Shore and Partners Manly Open this Friday. We'll be broadcasting The Breakfast Show from there all morning. Friday at Manly Beach. Come down and say hello to myself and James Magnuson, because you will be at the test. Yes, I'm off to Adelaide tonight, yes. which is going to be great fun. I, I'm really looking forward to it. it. You know, it's likely Australia are going to win, yeah. uh, but yeah. it's going to be interesting. But that'll be that'll be good fun. Uh, chance of getting in the surf in the ad breaks? <laughs> well, 
Considering I have to wear suits to work because I go straight to Channel 7, how do you think I'm going That's to? That's actually going to look amazing I'm on going the beach. to stand out like a sore thumb. <laughs> Magnuson will fit in. He might I mean, join in. Yeah, he might. Mm. Uh, to be fair, you stand out in here. You make us all feel <laughs> like we're underdressed every day. What, um, are, what are you up to today? Anything interesting? Uh, heading out to the Panthers. to the Oh, yes. Yeah, that's the right. WWE. See what's going on out there. I sort of hope they get a bit. I, I can't imagine they're going to let them tackle them or anything like that. But NFL preseason disaster. Fisher Harris with a, you mm. know, <laughs> a torn shoulder ligament. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Summer Mornings is coming up with Julian King on SEN out at 9 o'clock. He's going to have Pete Lawler, Mark Woodford, and Robbie Slater. What a lineup that is Mm -hmm. to talk about the world of sport. Pete Lawler knows it all when it comes to cricket. Mark Woodford on the Aussie Open and Robbie Slater with everything you can possibly think of in the world of football. Thanks for joining us here this morning on SEN Brecky. It's been good fun. Lots to talk about in the world of sport. And there is so much more to come, not only today, but for the rest of the week. Thanks, Jaleesa. It's been good fun. Thank you. I'll see you third. Oh, I won't see you again. Oh, well, you next, week. next week. Next week. I'll see next you week. Next week. I'll okay. see you next week. And for everyone of those of you listening, have a great day. See you later. Bye.